Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Welcome to Entourage Ministries Podcast. I'm Antoinette Weatherly. Thank you for joining me. We are continuing a series entitled Evergreen Rooted in Christ. And today we're going to be looking specifically at what it is to be rooted in Christ and this promised root of Jesse that we see in the book of Isaiah. So Isaiah 11 verse 1 through 2 says, the reign of Jesse's offspring, um, It says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And then if you skip ahead to verse 2, it says, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people, For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. I love this piece of scripture. I love this prophetic um, picture that Isaiah gives us of this root of Jesse, this offspring of Jesse, David's dad, Jesse, and that his resting place shall be glorious. When I read that, I, I I fast forward to us now, me now. We are his resting place. And He, in abiding in us and um, us being connected to Him, we've become His resting place, and we are His glory. He's made us glorious in and through Himself. This prophetic word points, I believe, to what God is trying to accomplish in Scripture, that this is a centuries-old, long-awaited promise, this simple phrase, the root of Jesse. If you think about um, the lineage of Jesus that we see In Scripture, it was generation after generation after generation that was awaiting this promised root of Jesse. It was an inherited promise that um, fathers passed down to sons, mothers passed down to daughters. Children inherited this promise that, guys, we're waiting for this promised root of Jesse. And what I love about... um, what we see in Scripture about this root is it was not only the the Jews or the children of Abraham that got to inherit this story that became a part of this family tree, but the Gentiles we um, we got to receive of the same promise um, and be a part of the family tree of Christ. We have inherited this long, long-awaited promise. Uh, this root is our inheritance. Um, when we begin to um, look at Jesus and look at our inheritance in Him, our identity in Christ, we are partaking of this centuries-old promise that the root of Jesse would one day come. And now, instead of teaching our children that this, this root is coming or will come eventually, we get to teach our children Christ, that we are the inheritors of Christ Himself, that we abide in Him, that we are one with Him, and that we actually get to receive His promise here and now. And everything 
that uh, he carries, everything that he is, um, the fullness of who Christ is, we get to inherit. So thinking about this root of Jesse, that this is an inherited promise that we have received. Everyone who is called upon Jesus as their Lord and Savior has inherited this promise. Well, how do we partake of the promise of Jesus? How do we begin to partake of this root? What has been accomplished through the Spirit of the Lord? What has been accomplished in um, the receiving of Christ as our Lord and Savior? Paul picks up on this promise, the promise of the root of Jesse coming in his letter to the Romans, and he talks about how we have been grafted in. If you look at Romans eleven seventeen, it says, You, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in, and you now share in the nourishing root of this new olive tree. To graft in is to unite. I really had a lot of fun looking up images of grafted trees. In order to graft a branch into a root, they're joined And there's different methods for joining a branch to a root. Usually a slit is made in both and you kind of slide the branch into the root and then they're bound together and held in place until they become one. This is a process of growth. It takes time for this branch and this root to now become united and one tree. It really is an amazing process. It kind of blows my mind that you can do that with nature. And I encourage you to go look up some photos because it's very cool if you've never seen that in person or um, participated in grafting a tree yourself. In the natural, the reason that trees are grafted together, like in the natural, is because in some situations you may have a tree with very strong root systems, but then you have a branch that you want to bear fruit. So in order to give that branch a stronger root system, you would graft the branch into the strong root. Another reason is, say you have a certain branch or a certain fruit you want to bear, but its natural root system is prone to disease. It's, it's prone to just acquiring these different diseases, and it's got really weak roots because of it. You would want to graft in the branch into a really strong root system that's not prone to that disease. Another reason that you would graft a tree in the natural into a different root is because grafting a branch into a really strong root can cause that branch to bear more fruit than is even um, natural. (laughs) It can overbear. It can bear just in abundance. And I think that is such a powerful picture of what has happened in our lives, that when we get connected to the Lord, um, we are no longer subject to a life of sin and death, Um, you know, a root system that is just prone to disease. We now have been connected, joined up with this life-giving source. We don't have to live in sin. We don't have to live in death and in the just dread and pain of death. We actually have victory over death through Christ Jesus. We have victory and power over sin. We're empowered by the Spirit of God to walk in holiness, and we're no longer subject to the disease of sin and death because we have a new root, and that root is Jesus Christ. Not only that, but we're made stronger. The Word says, it's not by my might 
not by my power, but by the Spirit of God, says the Lord. When we get connected to the root that is Jesus, we're no longer living out of our own might, out of our own limited resources, our own limited strength. We are connected to the root that is Christ, and we get to live from His power, by His Spirit, he says. And that's more than enough strength for us to live an overcoming kind of life. That's what that's where I want to be. I want to abide in that place of being connected to that root where I'm receiving the strength that is Christ and, and I'm not feeling constantly depleted. You know, in my day-to-day life, when I find myself getting frustrated or short-tempered or I feel like I've lost my joy or I've lost a sense of vision for the day or purpose. If I've fallen into comparison or if I'm just feeling tired and weak, I reconnect. I have to reconnect in that moment. I have to reconnect to who Christ is on the inside of me, what He's made available to me through His Spirit. I remind myself verbally. I speak out loud what Christ has done and who He is to me and through me. And that's when I reconnect to that strong root and I receive His life-giving nourishment. I love that Romans 11 uses the word nourishing. It's a nourishing root. There's a rich supply made available through Christ Jesus. And that's what I want to constantly lean into, constantly return to is that rich nourishment from Christ. He enables me by His Spirit to do anything and everything that I'm called on to do in any given day or in any given moment. Um, I love that. It's, it's, the, it's the secret to living a Christ-empowered life is returning to Him over and over and over, drawing that nutrients from the root up into the branches of my life so that I can bear fruit in every situation and in every season. And I love, I love the example of not being prone to disease, not being prone any longer to, um, to just the overwhelming, um, dread of, of fear, of death, of, uh, lack, and anything, any way that death manifests itself in my life, in, in lack, in, um, you know, bitterness, jealousy, anger, all of those manifestations, all those fruits of death, I'm no longer producing the fruits of death in my life when I am connected to this root that is Christ, as I consciously Um, come in contact with Him on a day-to-day basis. I constantly commune with Him in relationship. I am receiving the nutrients of His life, and my fruit begins to look like Him. In Romans 11, 24, it says, For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, So it's saying you were cut from a wild olive tree and grafted into a cultivated one, a cultivated tree. I think this is really important. The the difference that Paul is pointing out in what a wild olive tree is and what a cultivated olive tree is. A cultivated tree is a tended and protected 
and preserved tree. A tree that has been cultivated is a tree that's going to make it through every season because there is something outside of itself that is providing life for it, that is maintaining its life, that is tending it, protecting it, and preserving it. This is the Father. This is the life-giving Spirit of Christ. And when we get connected to His root, then we are tended, we are protected, and we are preserved through every season. A wild tree, on the other hand, has only itself and is therefore susceptible to the elements. It's untended, it's unprotected, and it's unpreserved. It's untended, unprotected, and unpreserved. Thank Jesus for the promise of his protection. Thank Jesus that he tends my soul. He tends my life. There may be things present in my life now, but he will come along and he will prune. That is a promise in his word that he prunes us, that areas in my life that I feel aren't producing the way that I I would desire for them to, if I'm feeling a little joy deficient or if I'm feeling a patient deficient, the Lord can tend those areas in my life. He says that he promises to prune those areas so that they can produce more fruit. He will use um, the day in and day out, everyday kind of living to teach me, to strengthen me, and to cause me to flourish. And I think that's so powerful. He doesn't leave me untended. Neither does he leave me unprotected. Again, um, it goes back to that, uh, a new root system that's not prone to disease. I'm no longer prone to disease. I'm no longer vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. There are strategies in the word of God. There is a spirit of might and of power on the inside of me that has empowered me to overcome. I am an overcomer. The word says I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I think that's so powerful that we understand in Christ Jesus, we're not untended. That means the things that don't look like the promise yet We need to remember if it's not good, then he's not done. And they will begin to look like his promise because he is actively and attentively tending us. He's tending our soul. He's tending the details of our lives as we commune with him. And also it's important that we understand that we are not unprotected. The spirit of of the living God is on the inside of us. He provides for us. He moves on our behalf. He is um, providing life for us, preserving us um, with His Word. I love that. The the Word says that He's preserving us. And uh, He preserves us for the work of the ministry. He preserves us for our, our life to be a testament and a vessel for His glory. You know, um, in my everyday life, I've always been very confident in, um, in just being unafraid of anything the enemy might try to do to take me out or to take my family out. Nothing is going to is going to work against us. This is just the faith that I I have in the Lord that he preserves me. You know, there's things I'm called to do in this life. There are things that you are called to do in this life and your children are called to do and your children's children. And this is just a promise that I stand on that he preserves us. He preserves our lives. He preserves the work of our hands so that they are fruitful, so that they go forward and they accomplish those things they're released to do. Our lives 
bear fruit and our lives, um, you know, they just, they don't fall flat. Nothing about what I put my hand to do is pointless. Everything that I give to the Lord in faith, everything that I partner with Him in is fruitful, is full of fruit. It's rich and it's good. Even if I'm at home and nobody sees me tending my daughters, taking care of the kids that I take care of, this is fruitful work that won't fall void, that won't fall flat, but I'm sowing generational seed that will bear much fruit and will have impact on the kingdom for generations to come. Whatever you put your hand to in partnership with the Lord, know that it's fruitful. Know that it doesn't fall flat, and He actually actively works to preserve the work of your hand. That is such a powerful promise to me. For a moment, I want us to take it a little bit deeper and look at what is this nourishment? What is this source that Romans talks about? It says that in, with this root, there's this rich nourishment in Christ. Um, Paul picks up on this promised root again in his letter to the Ephesians. And I want you, as um, I read this piece of scripture, to pay attention to his use of tree imagery. And remember, we're talking about what is this source of this nourishment? Ephesians 3, verse 16 through 21. It says that he would grant you, Paul is praying for the Ephesians, and he's praying that, that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory. And I want to make a note here. He's granting us according to the riches of his glory, not according to my ability, not according to my good behavior, not according to any good work after my flesh. He's granting me this promise according to his riches in glory. This is an inheritance. All I had to do was show up and be his kid. <laughs> and that's all you have to do, just show up and be his kid, and you get to receive of this rich inheritance. He goes on to say, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And I love that use that use of that phrase, in the inner man, strengthened with his might through his spirit in the inner man. That, that to me echoes this idea of these deep, deep roots, deeply rooted, deep in your inner man. And it goes on in verse 17, Ephesians 3, 17, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I was always captivated um, in verse 18 when it says, the width, the length, the depth, the height. That, that phrase always captivated me because to me that, that speaks dimension. You know, um, I was a geometry student. I love geometry. And when I hear width, length, depth, height, I'm thinking shape. That's, that's descriptive of something. That's, those are the dimensions of something. And I really feel um, it kind of evokes, it echoes this theme of this tree, of this root 
that we have gotten connected to. And, and now our life is this living tree that is bearing the fruit of Christ Jesus. And it's not a far stretch because repeatedly Paul is picking up on this theme of this root and this tree. And in within the same um, chapter, he's talking about being rooted and grounded in love. So what is the rich resource from which we draw nourishment? He says, be rooted and grounded in love, the love of Christ. This is that rich resource. This is um, the summation of Christ's character. All that God is, all that the Son is, can be summed up in this single phrase that He is love. He is perfect love toward us. And if you read 1 Corinthians 13, it goes in-depth describing the character, the nature of Jesus, that He's patient and kind. He's long-suffering. He doesn't boast. He doesn't force His own way. He endures everything. He bears everything. This is descriptive of our Father's nature. We are rooted and we are grounded in His love. That is the resource. That is the rich nourishment. That's what is feeding this root and providing this life for us. It's the Father's own nature, His very character and nature. And as we abide in Him, we begin to draw from who He is and become like Him. It says, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How are we filled with all the fullness? How do we bear fruit in every season? How do we have something to offer when um, everyone else is experiencing lack, when everyone else is experiencing drought, when circumstances are hard, when there's loss going on, when we're face-to-face with, with loss of death, with um, lack, with financial ruin, with any of those things? How, how do we, we face that and have fruit to give in those situations through knowing the love of Christ? We're filled with all the fullness as we know the love of Christ. So you could say it this way, to the degree that I know the love of Christ will equal the degree to which I am filled with all the fullness of God. So we need a revelation of His love. (laughs) We need an ongoing revelation of the love of Jesus Christ, of the nature of our God. It's not any good works that is going to cause me to become a fruitful person It's not any good behavior. It's not that I'm studious. It's that I'm meditating and I'm connecting to the very nature of Christ Jesus, the very nature and character of the Father. This is an incredible invitation that I am being invited in to knowing exactly who He is, exactly what He's like, and not only just knowing Him, but actually becoming like Him, being transformed into His very image and being full full of all the fullness of God, filled with all the fullness of God. What, what an incredible invitation. This is an invitation to build your life on. This is a mission statement for life, to know Him. The Word says that to know Christ is everlasting life. And so today I want to pray this over you, that there is 
constantly an invitation issuing forth from the mouth of the Father. He is constantly saying to every one of His children, Come, come and abide with me. Come spend time with me. Come receive of my love, because you cannot give what you do not first receive from Him. And He wants to pour out to lavish His love upon you, so that you in every season might bear fruit, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the width, length, depth, and height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you may be filled with His fullness. So I pray right now, Jesus, that everyone listening would just feel the beckoning of the Spirit of God to come closer, to lean in, to receive of that rich nourishment that is Christ, your very nature. And I want to speak to those feeling deficient right now, feeling weak, uh, feeling like they don't have enough love to give, enough joy to give, or they can't muster enough patience, Father. You don't expect of us anything that you have not first given us. So right now I speak a refreshing, Lord, and I speak a connection to that root that is Christ, that we would draw from your nourishment, that we would be rooted in your love, receive of your nature and of your character. And I thank you, Lord, for fruitfulness in every season for every sister listening today. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 